Oh my goodness, you crazy son of a bitch. Do you have any idea what you've just done? You've just discovered the Marks and Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is the show that may or may not be an hour long based on your perception of time and how much I've got to say. So strap yourselves in and prepare your ears for the journey of a lifetime with your host of the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour, me, you idiot. Welcome everybody to the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is episode number 174. And so... For, if you've been listening to the show for the last several weeks, my friend Liz Hersey and I, we've been doing a, a mini-series called Stranger Things, where we're talking about the, the show Stranger Things, and the idea was that we were going to do eight consecutive episodes where we talked about uh, you know each episode of Stranger Things, and it was and you know it was it was fr- fun, frivolous, silly, and um, uh, and we were we were greatly enjoying it. But uh, this particular episode, uh, I'm taking a break from that because uh, unfortunately, this week in Las Vegas, where where I live, there was a, a horrible tragedy, and I I I I I doubt anybody listening to this right now isn't familiar with it. But on October first. Uh, on the Las Vegas Strip, there was a uh, there was the worst there was the worst uh, mass shooting in uh, in American history, and so uh, my friend Gary Lopez, who uh, who you all know from from the podcast, he's a uh, not only does he live in Las Vegas, but he was born and raised here, as we talked about several episodes ago. And so Gary uh, Gary Gary uh, shot <laughs> me a text message, and um, he he wanted to talk about. Not only did he want to talk about the the tragedy in Las Vegas, but he also had some some firsthand accounts that he wanted to to share with us. So, uh, so that's what that's what we're doing. This is sort of um, I, I I don't even know exactly how to categorize this as far as uh, the podcast goes, but um, uh, whatever this is, I guess I don't I don't even know if this is a contribution of sorts, but if if anything. Um, it's just sort of a. I, I know for me, talking about it has been, has been, helpful throughout the week. Even just talking with friends and stuff. So, uh, talking with Gary on the podcast uh, about this about this event, which, um, whatever you know, I, I, I I'm gonna go ahead and gather my thoughts for a second. But uh, let me say hi to Gary and kind of you know, see what's going on with him. How's it going, man? What's up, man? Doing good. How are you? Very well. So, I mean, certainly you were going to be back on the show anyway. Yeah. That was always the plan, and it's uh, it's it's pretty shitty that it's sort of under these circumstances. I mean, well, first of all, I mean, grateful that uh, you and I are are okay, and uh, you know, everybody that that I'm close to in Las Vegas is okay. Which is, you know, there's a lot of people that can't say that right now. Um, Five hundred and twenty-seven or twenty-nine. Just some horrible number. Yeah. So. I, I'm not entirely sure. Well, actually, you know, let's just whatever. We'll we'll kind of start here. Um, how did you? When did you first hear what was going on? So it was. I, I got an alert through the news app on the on the iPhone and iOS or whatever that there was like a shooting, like at around I don't know, like right at ten. Yeah, I 10 think. Or three or I think something officially like that. that's like ten oh eight is when it roughly started. Yeah, it was shortly after that. So I was at home. Um, as soon as I, as soon as that happened, like I texted my brother, and we have a, a sister that works at the Aria, you yeah, know. That's right. And so like we were, we texted her and we didn't get a response. Like, so we just went down there, like simple as that. And uh, 
it, it was bad. Like, it was, it was pretty bad. Like, we did eventually hear back from her, and it was over the stupidest thing. Like, she had, um, she's not allowed to put, she didn't have pockets in her jacket, and I guess she puts her phone in the binder. Mm-hmm. And so, she left it upstairs, because they all panicked and ran oh. out, of the, out of the hotel. But, like, uh, when we, we heard back from her, like, around, like, we were practically already down at the strip, like, when we did hear back. And, um, she was okay and shit, and, uh. But going down there, like, you just see a gang of panic, man. Just everything's... We we had a hard time just getting there. I was going to ask if there was any trouble even getting on the strip or at what point. Because um, I know at some point they they locked it down. But I think it was, like, a, that, that the specific section, like, between, I want to say, Russell and Tropicana. I don't... I don't if I'm wrong, I don't think I'm wrong by a lot. They they closed down the freeway. So we had to get there through the back streets, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, through Valley View and stuff like that. Only stuff that, like, you'd have to kind of know your way around the city to get through yeah. you know like luckily like you know we know every nook and cranny of this place mm-hmm. so like we got we got there as we needed but like it was just uh people were taking other people to the hospital and shit like that so when we heard back we were kind of like well, what do we do you know mm-hmm. so we we went uh we took some people you know like we stacked them in the car uh it was it was bad well tell me a little bit about that i mean because so and so again I, like i don't know I'm not 100% certain how uh, how much say nationally some of the some of the more uh, um, up close stories. I don't. Even, I was looking for the right term, but like nationally, you know, people are getting the details about the the shooting and and the numbers. Yeah. But I know I know locally, uh, you know, that like I was seeing a lot of stories about just just amazing stories about people on the ground who they just wanted to help people who weren't even on the strip. But they they went to the strip, just they didn't. I don't even think they knew what what to do. They just wanted to help, and they were they were putting people in you know in, in their car and, and then trucks and, and their stuff. trucks and just taking them to, to the hospital. So, I mean, like yeah. it's not like you were going. It sounds like you were going down because you were worried about your sister. Yeah, it and, was more of a selfish reason. But, well, no, that's not yeah. selfish. I mean, that's it's still that's still pretty selfless. But then while you were there, yeah. you just I mean, what even? Well, actually, I'll start with this because. Like so, so when I so when I found out about it, it was um, I was a uh, I was with our, our mutual friend Paul, you yeah. know, <laughs> from Green Eggs and Ham, and uh, I would say right, right around ten forty five, um, he started getting text messages and um, and from uh, some friend I don't I don't know if they were friends on the strip or just friends who just had a, I knew something was going down, and so he told me he was like hey there's a there's a shooting happening and there's an open shooter on the strip. And so I went on. I went on my phone just to see if I could find any news. And because it was such a fresh story, I didn't. There was no. There was. There was no like news stories. No yet. context to it. So then I went to Twitter because I figure you know whenever shit goes down, like that's just a great place for crowdsourced news. Just if something's going on, people are going to be talking about it. And I was right. So like all like that. I was. For, I would say for at least the first hour. Or so I was getting all my information just from firsthand Twitter accounts. And um and and so and you know there's that's all like either video clips of people like running and, and, and by the way like i was if if i could like i i didn't want to see I, I i had no interest in seeing like horrible shit like i was just like looking for news but i would you know happenstance i would come across a video of you know maybe the people running or whatever and it was it was horrifying or videos where you could hear the gunshots so um i i started so i hit at home like around like 11 i would say something like that and 
I was I was uh, I was trying to get on the freeway. I didn't know it was closed yet. So I was like I was I was at the intersection of uh, I was at Las Vegas Boulevard, which which you know if, if you don't live in Vegas, like I mean the Strip is on Las Vegas Boulevard. You were coming home. Yeah, uh-huh. and so I was at a red light, and you know I mean from the red light, uh, you know directly to my right, like I mean it, it, you know the Strip is there, and you know the Mandalay Bay, and, and it's. It's the most surreal thing, and I wonder if, if you have the same right down feeling. down the street, right? Where it's like, you see this shit, right? You see whatever. You see there's a shooting in a nightclub in Orlando. You see there's a shooting in a office in San Bernardino. You see that there's a shooting in uh, in, the, in, the, in the school, what's it called? Uh, middle, middle Sandy Hook? Uh, Sandy Hook, thank yeah, you. And, and you see this horrible shit. Even back in, you know, what was it, 1999 at uh, Columbine. Columbine. Like, you see this horrible Virginia shit. Virginia Tech. Virginia, Virginia Tech. You see the the in the Colorado when the the dark night, the guy went in there dressed with the Aurora Joker, Spring. and so so you see this horrible shit, and it's and, and you know and so it's it, I think for the majority of people, the context is always through the news and always through reading it on the internet, and so it was just the most surreal thing to to both be reading about this horrible thing, but then to be like at a red light and just like look over and like if you move all the cars out of the way, like I could have been there in thirty seconds and just trying to wrap my brain around like all this horrible shit that's happening that I'm like getting news on it's it's right there and it was and and, and even that night I don't know if I fully I think even throughout the week like there's still a part of me because like I drive on the freeway every day yeah. and I see the Mandalay Bay every day and there's still a part of me that's like my mind is still like reconciling like that's where that shit went down and it's still sort of this weird thing to kind of kind of I don't know come to terms with I guess but um so but while I was at the red light, you know, there was any number of, you know, like four or five police cars and EMTs and ambulances and you know driving into the strip. And there still wasn't a lot of news. So as I saw them driving into the strip, I'm thinking like, is it safe? Like, Every cop was down there. And I was like, Is it is it over? Is it safe? Or are they just fucking being superheroes and they're just like, Fuck it, we have to go in, which in, in all likelihood at eleven o'clock it was still going on. Yeah, so that's the thing, like so the cops were really nervous about surveillance is going in there and and taking people like i was met with a lot of like um suspicion like there was like you know the suspicious cop sure then there was like the cop that's like fuck it go take that person to the hospital there was two types of cops right there was those cops that are like if you're you know for the better of the law for the better of the person you're met with that along the way and it's interesting you know like uh but apparently the guy was still taking pot shots from the 32nd floor and like it it looked from what I could see, like at least it looks like he was trying to avoid uh shooting law enforcement. Um, because like there was there were cops going up and down the street, you know? Mm. And so it looked like he wasn't aiming at law enforcement. Although he did kill like an off duty officer. Yeah, I think uh, I think two Yeah. Well, I don't know if they were both off duty, but yeah, two officers were were, were killed, you know. Yeah, so like it it's it's weird, man. Like so that's the like a lot of like the nerves that were going around there. Like thinking back to it, it was just kind of like a big blur, you know. Like I didn't even notice like the the urine smell in my car until like way later, you know. Which is like I I didn't think of like people mm. being that. You don't think about being that scared. Yeah. You know, like it's like well, and so like uh, it it's just it was even when we when we got to the hospital. Well, how many how many people did you have? Uh, were you able to take with you? Three. My brother took three too. We had to lay down the the seats and pretty much stack them in there. Like, did you guys drive separately? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he drove cars. his car. We drove my car, and okay. I drove mine. And so, like, his car is a little bit more. Uh, it's bigger than mine. 
uh, he has a velocitor. So, like, his go down a little easier than mine do. Uh, but mine, like, I had to really kind of cram in there. Um, and it was just a lot of panic, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, just, there was, like, a person next to me that had a, a truck, and she stacked her and her, her boyfriend stacked a whole bunch of people on her truck. Someone stole a car mm-hmm. uh, to drive people to the hospital, you know? Like, it was just panic to a degree that you just don't how uh was it difficult just like in just in terms of like the the just just traffic like with that sort of commotion was it it difficult was it uh, navigating through like i had to use like every bit of knowledge of this place to get to umc you know and even when i got there like the nurse is like what blood type are you she was asking like everyone that was around like you know i happen to be o negative (laughs) so I was like okay um I did end up giving blood but it was like afterwards you know like it's like I gotta go back Mm -hmm. you know we did it one other time and my brother almost got locked in going back uh in the in the basement of uh, the Mandalay Bay actually so I asked him what the fuck were you doing that close (laughs) (laughs) but like it it was a it was a nasty just looking at the pictures don't do it justice man the, the the people that you uh, that you helped out and took the t- took to the hospital, um, did you have any sort of uh, any any concept of what their their injuries were? No, no, there was no time for that. They were, you they know, were like the- it was just kind of like I didn't even get their names, dude. But like one of them, you know, it was just kind of like that that inherent panic and just like all you hear back there is crying and sobbing and just panic and like. The last thing they want to hear is like, hey, how are you doing? Right. You know, like I did ask him, you know, you can ask him. I found it really stupid to ask, are you okay? Uh-huh. When they're, someone's bleeding out, you know, clearly they're not. <laughs> so it's, that was like just a human reaction. Yeah, right? yeah. Like it's not, you don't mean it like in a derogatory way. You're just like, no, they're not okay. Motherfucker, that's why you put him in your car, you know? But it's just like that. I just rushed. I yeah. think there was really like, it was they don't want to talk either, you know, they just want to get help. And it, you know, if when you got to the the hospital and you said uh, UMC, that's University Medical Center. Yeah. I believe? Okay. So when you got to UMC, was there, was, were, were, were people at the hospital, were they, were at that point, did they, were they, were they, did they know that just civilians essentially were bringing people in? Were they going out? Were they meeting, uh, meeting people out there? Or what was that no, situation? They were, they were shorthanded. Oh. So like we had a, me and a couple of other randoms that were there, we helped drag, take him into the hospital, you know? We kind of just, I mean, for a lack of a better word, we just kind of had to leave to help other people. Yeah. Like, there was just really nothing we could do. Like, we can't, you try your best, but, like, there was just, there was cars on stacks. So, like, mm. some, we had to walk, like, nearly a block, wow. you know, like, to get him into the doors. But, like, not a block, but it was some time, you yeah. know? Like, it's, there was all these ambulances that were lined up, um, cars on cars on cars. Like, mm. it was just, like... There was this nine of help. And where where were you able to like when you dropped them off? Was it? I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine. It's in that. the waiting room, right? So like everything was cleared. Uh, you know, some people were on the ground just because of their injuries; sure. they couldn't crouch or whatever. Uh, they were taking out beds as much as fast as they could do it. But like between that and the incoming arrivals of like the more serious, it's just they have to evaluate how serious the injuries oh, are. Oh, sure, right? sure. So like the one of the persons, I think they had like a, a wound to their arm. You know, the other person, like, I couldn't even look at it because I got a little queasy. Mm. But let's say they got shot in the chest or mm. the gut or something. Because all you see is blood. You don't really... It's not like the movies where you see, oh, that's where the entry wound is. No, nah, man. All you see is just 
blood on black, you don't even really know where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Like, you just have to kind of make an educated guess, but it's not in their face. So, like, it's just, you know, so it's just kind of like, oh, and it just, it's weird, man. Like, you, you don't think someone could bleed that much, you know, or like that your body would do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it just feels like your body's betraying. It's like, yo, stop, you know, but stop bleeding. <laughs> but it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't stop. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, so, so when I, okay, so when I'm, so I'm at, uh, so I'm at the red light, and, and again, so when I was at the red lights, getting ready to get on the freeway, and, and, and as, as I kind of mentioned earlier, that there still wasn't, there wasn't, like, official news, like the, like the local authorities, if they hadn't had, like, Eventually, they, I, 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 not a press conference, but, you know, they had, they did something where they sort of, whatever. they just kind of announced, they, they they talked to the media to tell them what they knew, that, like, that, that hadn't happened yet, so, it's so like, even going home, like, um, like, I asked, I asked Paul, like, even just, like, getting on the freeway, like, do you think it's safe to get on the freeway, because I, because, because, because there was no news, like, all we knew was that, yeah, they were turning jets, they were turning planes around, yeah, so it's like, I mean, like, today, you know, we know that there was a, shooter in the Manly Bay and he was mostly focused at this uh what was it called the festival the route 91 route, uh, yeah. festival and so but at the time I was you know it was like I mean it, you know are, are there are there more shooters are they going to be aiming at the freeway like you know we didn't I didn't I didn't know so but and, and yeah maybe the authorities didn't know because like you said they, they didn't they, they closed the freeway off yeah. and so and so and and, and I, even at the red light I didn't know the freeway was closed off until the green light they were uh, well, they were, at first there was cars coming off the wrong side of the freeway so right away I was like okay that's definitely something and then they were they were directing us literally like away from the strip so um, so so I was driving so I, so I um, driving away from the strip couldn't get on the freeway but you know so I was just taking local streets to make my way home but I could see the freeway from just from the local streets and it was it was it was like uh, it was like a parking lot it was just packed with cars and they weren't moving and even that, I can only imagine how, well, one, it occurred to me that everybody in those cars might not have known what was happening. Like, they just, all they might know was, like, tra- construction or we're, just, or we're, just, we're just stuck, right? But if you did know what was happening, at the very least, if you knew there was an open shooter and you're stuck on the freeway, that had to be fucking terrifying. Because, again, today we have an idea of, you know, where the gunman was, but in those, in that first hour or so... No one knew. Yeah, and so, um, so well, the I, cops cleared the 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 route to the hospital, but mm-hmm. even that was. And oh I know. So in my case, like I got home, and I knew. I mean, I didn't know for a certainty, but I figured I I knew Chanel would probably be asleep, and so I was like, so she has no idea what's going on. So I got home, and you know woke her up I, I didn't like you know wake her up like in a panic but you know it's kind of woke her up like <laughs> shake her and shit and there was just like the, there was like a small part of me that thought like you know uh, maybe almost like you might do with like just like a kid or something like she doesn't know maybe I don't have to tell her right away like maybe she doesn't have to be like you don't know how bad it is yet yeah. yeah but then I was like you know what we no just whatever I'm just just whatever and and, and for what little I knew I just kind of woke her up and you know um, and I was like, there's, there's an open shooter on the strip and like, like her eyes were just, just got just as big as you can imagine. And, and, uh, and I was, and, and I was like, there's not a lot of details, but just, it's really bad. And, uh, and, and then at that point for the rest of the night, we were just like on our phones, like looking for any news we could find, um, little by little for the next couple of hours, stuff was just kind of coming out and, 
and you know we were we were sitting there i mean we weren't even on the strip but i think to a certain degree there was i i i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to feel keep, for it yeah you, you know, like I, it's a really i know what you mean because it's like it's like fuck like we you know it's like we feel horrible horrible for for everybody that was affected and then it's like you know we're sitting here safe and sound and even that sort of a I, I guess I guess you could call it survivor's guilt because we weren't on the strip, but just that feeling of like just like fucking five minutes away, this fucking horrible thing happened. Can I ask you? Did you feel like this with San Bernardino when that shit happened? Like, did you feel it like like hit that chord? You know what? Not not to this extent, and and like that one was so 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 the shooting in San Bernardino. Um, I was I still lived in San Bernardino, San Bernardino County. I was in Rancho Cucamonga, and um, and there was I, so I was, I, 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 guy I was went still, into the courthouse, right? Yep. Yeah. It was. In fact, I don't even think it was. A, if I if I remember correctly, it was like um, I, it, it, they might have been. I, I could be fucking this up, but I feel like it was like they were having like an office Christmas party. But it was it was like a government office, I think. And, um, and that one, that one was like, I was still teaching at the time. So Chafee College was one of the schools I was teaching at. And so it wasn't a professor that I knew, but, you know, one of the professors was, was shot there. And so like, even that felt like, like that, of course, hit close to home because it was the first mass shooting at that point that was, that was like in a, in an area where, where like I lived. And then even like for somebody who taught at the school that I taught at, and they and, and they were there because a lot of teachers, they teach as a as a second job. So it's like they, they have a, they have a day job and then they might teach a class or two. So so this person like they taught at this uh, particular uh, government agency, and uh, you know you guys will have to forgive me for you know the te- the details not being at the top of my head, <laughs> but um but they also taught a chafee, and they and, and I know they survived, but then of course even just there was a lot of people from the school and in the general area that were affected by that and I, and I was certainly emotionally affected by that but but this was I think and again I I, th- I think it's I think it's proximity because that was like okay like I went to school in San Bernardino I went to Cal State San Bernardino I I, I grew up in you know San Bernardino County um so it was like the closest that that sort of thing had ever hit to home but this I think because you know like I can I like I said, like I, I drive, I drive by the strip every day. And I, I, honestly, if you live in Las Vegas, you kind of have to. You don't have to. Yeah, just you could. You're just going to the supermarket. Like you're gonna yeah. drive by the strip. It's, it's just fucking there. So I think because you know I see it every day. You know I I you know from from my from my bedroom window I I can see this the the, the Las Vegas Strip, which um, you know especially at night and it's lit up and it's 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 gorgeous. It's one of my favorite things being able to to see the strip. And so just I think. I think because I see it every day and I drive by it every day. I think it's if you really that the Mandalay Bay is what on is it trap? It's on yeah, Russell. It's on, it's on Russell, right? Mm-hmm. You think about it, it's kind of like if you really wanted to one day for whatever reason, you could take that route home. Yeah, you literally could, right? And so you think about that, and it's kind of like. Yeah, maybe I, t- I might have taken that route two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I could have taken that route last week, right? And you kind of take that for granted to some degree, and you kind of you you can't. You could have easily been, you could have been at the wrong place at the wrong time. And you, I think that crosses your mind. Man. Totally, and and also too. So, uh, so part part of what Chanel and I were were sort of reflecting on was 
the night before the shooting, we were on the strip for a concert. We were at the the T-Mobile Arena to see, uh, you know, Depeche Mode. And then, you know, after the concert's over, you know, just people flood out and they go onto the strip. And so and we were walking around the strip before and after before and after the show. And um, and, you know, and it, I mean, in retrospect, obviously nothing happened th- that night. But it's sort of that dude was sitting there in his room absolutely. that fucking night and could have easily just gone room with the Monte Carlo. I mean, the Manlet Bay is right next door. Yeah, and he, could, know, have, like, he could have just decided, you know, instead of this night, maybe the night before or whatever. Uh, and and so that I mean that that I think that definitely fucked with us for like that night and a, and a lot of the next day as we were just sort of like you know we're so grateful we're safe but th- we didn't do anything to deserve it except for just we were lucky that the show that we went to was the night before this maniac kind of kind of did that so so I think for all those reasons the fact that we I, I see it every day that it's it's such close proximity that we were not only were we on the strip the night before but. I mean, it's something that I, I, I've, I've thought about it before. Like, you know, if you walk around the strip on any given day, but let alone say like, like the shooting was on a Sunday night, but he was, he was focused on this specific outdoor festival. But if there's nothing going on, if there's no events on the strip, there's still a lot of people just on any given night. Yeah. And even if it's like a Saturday night, just, just people, they're, like the, the streets are just filled with people. Yeah. And so the thoughts occurred to me before, like, how vulnerable we are. Well, it's happened to us before. I mean, there was like a drunk chick one time from Seattle, whatever, that yeah. ran over all those people by the Planet Hollywood. That was like, that was literally like the first month I lived in Las Vegas. I remember that. Yeah, I remember we talked about it. <laughs> and it was like, what, the, where the fuck did I move? But then also like, it, it happened and that was horrifying <laughs> too. But it was that thought of like, anytime that I walk around the strip and I'm, you know, just in a, in a herd of people just moving up and down the strip, it just occurs to me just how vulnerable we were. Yeah. We are, and like, they push it in perspective. Just right? like if, if if one of these cars on purpose or accidentally veers off, like there's just a bunch of people here. And I don't even think when I, when I think about the vulnerability of, I mean, certainly you know, if, if I'm being honest, like thoughts like terrorist attacks cross my mind. But you know, something as fucking devious as you know, not just holding up on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay, but as the days pass and news comes out. I mean, this dude, he, he, this was, this wasn't a decision he made in five minutes. Like this was, this was like high level planning. So, so on that note, um, they had, I, they had found out that he was, and we spoke about this before we started. He had rented a room downtown for Life Is Beautiful. And then go ahead and just for, for people who aren't maybe familiar or local. So, uh, Life is Beautiful is like the big uh, concert kind of festival. A lot of more modern artists, uh, like Chance the Rapper was the headliner this year. Uh, Last year it was Kanye. And it's downtown. It's like a younger crowd. And I guess he had, uh, I I forgot what casino it was, but there was one that was overlooking the concert. Mm -hmm. And they found out that, yeah, he had been there for X amount of time. We don't know if he was aiming or you know, thought better of the idea of shooting a radio because that's kids there, man. Mm-hmm. Like, the one thing that, excuse me, that I can say about this last, about the shooting is that as horrible as it is, at least as of yet, no underage, no kids mm-hmm. were shot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not that they wouldn't be at a country concert as far as I know, but uh, not to take away from it. Oh, sure. You know, yeah, but, I mean, like, life is beautiful. Like, there's definitely, uh, you know, 16, 15-year-old kids in that concert. I know for, you know, for a fact. And uh, 
So he had been there, uh, and again, we don't know if he was just fucking around with the direct, direct, excuse me, trajectory, or thought better of the idea and moved on to this one. But uh, he was there, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I think a lot of the the way I think people are feeling this way because this dude is just such an enigma. Mm-hmm. Like this, you know, no one really knows why he did it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk about gun control. And while I under I I definitely do understand the argument, you know, even if we had really uptight gun control, this guy would have not met any requirement to not get it, mm-hmm. get a gun, right? And if push came to shove, like people can buy 3D printers to make their own guns now, like, and it's just it's it's a fucked up thing, you know. But it's just I don't know, man. It I don't know how I feel about it. It's just now it's leading, it's going into a political side of things. I don't know, like, I think it's taken away from the real tragedy, mm-hmm. you know, but. No, I know, I, I, I know what you mean where, so I, what, um. I saw your post. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I figured because you brought it up and so that it reminded me. Yeah, I kind of want to talk to you somewhat about it. I thought you might have some, some ideas on it. So I, I so, okay. So I, I only learned this after the fact, but, um. Uh, but uh, you know, NBC News, um, in conjunction with the information from the NRA, just posted um, about the Nevada Nevada gun laws. It's pretty lax, just to get you guys know. <laughs> and so um, I'll just run down just this information, which you know, I, whatever you make of it, I can just say like I was blown away because I had no idea. Yeah. So, uh, in in Nevada, to purchase a rifle, shotgun, or a handgun, no state permit is required. To possess a rifle, shotgun, or handgun, uh, let's see, that was, I think they printed that twice, uh, carrying a concealed firearm, it's it's against the law to carry a concealed weapon without a permit. However, Nevada State, uh, there's no law that permits you from carrying it openly. So, for example, within my, within, you know, uh, the first couple of months I remember living in, in, in Las Vegas, I was at Subway. <laughs> ordering lunch. This is a particular idea. And uh, and this dude walks into Subway to also order a sandwich with a fucking gun on his hip. And this is before I understood that that, that was just like, not only was it legal, but that was just fucking normal. I was like, we're just... Working. I was at Walgreens and the same thing happened. And I was with the girl. And I was like, what the fuck? And this dude just had a fucking hanger in his pocket and his sweats. <laughs> just like, yo, this, and you can just see the outline. Yeah. I was like, and yo, it, and it like it had the feeling of like uh, of the Wild West, and and so that's so it's so it's uh, it's actually it's it's legal it it's legal to to have the have, you yeah, know, holster to have yeah. the, to have it out there. Um, semi-automatic guns. It's legal to own a semi-automatic gun in Nevada, mm-hmm. and uh, this one's a little bit more sort of nuanced. But fully automatic guns. It's legal to possess an automatic weapon or a machine gun made before March nineteenth, nineteen eighty six. As long as it is in compliance with federal law and special permission is obtained from the Treasury Department, so eighty six is really not that old. It's really not, and so so the point you were making, it, it's a fair point, which is, so let's say Nevada didn't have these porous gun laws, which they do. Which I mean, even uh, well, what they don't tell you there is that, or what that's not listed is. If you ever have you ever seen the the billboards here for gun shows? Oh yeah, they're like all the time. So you know why they have them, right? The I think gun I do show, now, uh, but go ahead. The the gun show the gun show loophole, pretty much. If you're selling your guns through a gun show, it's free for all. 
Mm-hmm. So any gun, you go to that gun show, like, you can just be the hobo <laughs> down the street <laughs> or anyone you can buy. It's a, gun, it's a gun show loophole that a lot of people or people travel from all yeah. over the place to Las Vegas or to Nevada to do or to get guns. Yeah, I mean, when I first moved here, I mean, you know, like, I, I, I think I, I remember seeing, you know, a billboard for a gun, gun show. show. And it's like every other week, And right? then it was like after like a year or so, I'm like, is this the same gun show or they just, but you just kind of, kind of realize they're they're just almost year round and it's uh yeah. and but even then i only it, it, it's a shame that you know whatever I, I don't know if shame is the right word but it's certainly interesting the things that i've learned only because of this you know this uh, this horrible shooting that happened out here um just to be clear though and and i want to reiterate this even though we do have these very lax gun laws and this horrible massacre i guess our gun violence is not up there. Yeah. Like, it's not... You, you won't see us on a list of, like, top ten. Like, that's, like... That shit belongs to New Jersey and mm-hmm. Michigan and Chicago and shit like that. So, granted that we have these law, these lax laws, like... I'm proud to say that we're not a violent city. That's outside true. of this event, mm-hmm. which probably just is what we're going to be known for. And now they're looking into these laws. Yeah. But it's like, look at this... Look at the stats before this event. Yeah. And you'll see that we're not a violent city. And the point that uh, I think you started to make before, which um, which which I agree with, and, and I'm by no stretch, let me qualify, I'm, I am not an expert on gun laws or guns in general, but um, I would agree with the fact that even if Nevada had tighter gun laws, if this guy was motivated enough, you know, and I, I think I think even though he had, whatever he had, like it's an insane amount of guns, whatever, 15, 20 guns. And they were modded too. That um, that you know, uh, and most uh, many of the, well, I mean, he he bought guns legally in Nevada, like like we know that, but those weren't the guns that he was that he was using for for this shooting. So, um, any 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 maniac motivated enough will will figure out figure out a way to get a gun. Certainly, if that there's tighter gun laws, it makes it difficult, more difficult. Not impossible though. Yeah, That's the thing. And, and 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 you know, and the other thing. So what actually before I make this idea make this idea listen to me make this point i think is what i meant to say <laughs> but to your point to, to, to your point uh nevada the the most the, the most dangerous thing in nevada is is a driver like that's true the more, alcohol is their biggest yeah fucking more, thing here more people die in, in nevada from uh from from cars than anything else to the point where again when Chanel and I first moved here uh, we were having uh, we went out to dinner got some pizza and there was a billboard and uh, I forget what it was but there was like a website on there and it was it was clearly it was sort of like a public service type billboard and so I so I looked it up and it was it was just talking about how um, just people you know uh, just vehicular homicide is like the highest if, if not the highest maybe like the second highest number you'll find us on that <laughs> you might you might rank on that list the weird part though is like how often do, are you on the road and you often see that motherfucker must be drunk mm-hmm. right like every fucking day you'd like so you're absolutely right and just to be clear like I don't think we're advocating pro gun or, <laughs> or pro gun or anything I think that at this point though like if you you know there are those people that are like oh just ban all guns and shit and while I understand the sentiment and, like, they, you know, a lot of people, like, pose, like, London and shit and, like, other some European countries that don't have or outlaw guns completely, mm-hmm. that sentiment is nice. Yeah. 
but we're much bigger. I think Texas alone is bigger than fucking London, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so ingrained in, in this, or it's so ingrained in our heritage at this point. Yeah. That I, They're not trying. Yeah, exactly. Trying to do that, you're going to start a civil war and odds are the people with the guns are going to win. Yeah. You know, so like, it's just, yeah, it's not going to happen. And, 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 and too, and, uh, in terms of say like, you know, like, uh, discussions leaning towards politics this week at um part of the uh, part of the problem at the very least from my perspective but i'm i'm certain other people share this perspective is you know generally speaking when you hear any sort of politically infused argument say in the media it's it's always sort of positioned with you know the furthest extreme of each side so so if you get somebody who's like Super pro gun. Super pro gun versus get rid of all guns. Nothing productive is going to come out of that. Never. But if you if you can just find a place in the middle to have that discussion and just sort of acknowledge, okay, guns aren't going anywhere. There are for 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 every for every maniac who who engages in an open shooting like this, there are hundreds of thousands of of responsible gun owners who you know aren't yep. any happier than we are. And there's there's many 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 gun owners who would advocate for the same gun control laws as anybody else because you know they know that you know it's just going to help it's going to help but not only will help keep people safe but i think it also helps just like you know like it's a weird conflicting feeling isn't it yeah like i I never really quite know how to feel about it like it's just kind of like well fuck like you're right like if someone wants a gun enough like they can make it at home now Mm -hmm. you know like i was I think FedEx stopped sending a 3D printer because they can make guns with it. Mm-hmm. You know, now we got all this technology and shit. And I don't know, man. Like, they, I, don't, I think people are looking for someone to blame. Yeah, I, it's like, so, um, like, I know for me, as far as, is it like, like, I have, I have, uh, a gun? I, fuck, no, <laughs> I, no, I don't have a, I don't have a gun. What, what, I, I, I have, I've, uh, I've never, I have no interest in owning a gun. Truthfully, I, when I was a kid, um, I know for at least a little while that uh, we had a rifle in our house, but we weren't by any means. Uh, uh, there, there was no real, there was no outright like knowledge or education on on guns. Like we, I don't, honest, I don't even know if it's, I don't know if it's still there. I, was that just part of the growing up? In, uh, in that time in the in your cuz even then it was like I, I only I think I ever saw it twice and we never really talked about it like once once that I can remember my dad took my brother and I to the park and um just uh to to handle the gun and it was a rifle. I remember you mean that. A part of like, is it like a wooded area, like or like, yeah, like not it, like a? It wasn't a gun. <laughs> <laughs> like like people like families weren't having picnics. Okay. Or <laughs> there was no picnics going on. Um, but it was you know just went to sort of basically an open area and just put up a just just a paper target like nothing nothing really organized about it except just somewhere out in the open where we could shoot the gun and and it wasn't it wasn't it, it wasn't I, I, it wasn't recreational at all. Um, but I think it was just for the sake of holding it and shooting it. And it wouldn't hurt you. It sounds more educational. Yeah. And I, and I remember like <clears throat> before I, and I was, a, I was young. Um, we'll say I was, well, I don't know, 12, 13. I, I don't remember how old I was, but I, like physically I wasn't, I wasn't big. So I remember that he was certainly not trying to scare us, but just saying, cause it was a rifle and just kind of saying like, you know, so when you shoot it, there's going to be a kickback and you're going to feel that. So it's going to be prepared for that, and I think that was almost more scary than the bullet coming out. Was this idea of like the the, 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 gun, the like, metal thing like, shoving into your like shoulder, like the gun, like yeah. <laughs> and so, 
Um, and so, you know, I, I aimed at whatever the target. I took one shot. I remember, of course, it was loud, loud. and it, you know, and it it was like a you know like a like a hard violent shove against yeah. your shoulder when it kicks back. And it, and I wasn't scared of it, but I but I was also like, oh, you know, I'm good. Like I don't I'm, I don't need to do that again. And um, but, but so like. It, like in my in my heart of hearts, in a perfect world, certainly for me there there'd be no guns. But I also know that I, like there's you know if you grow up in a in a family where you guys like hunt and that sort of and you guys are responsible and there's there's no violent intention, then then you know I I can I can totally appreciate like this you know, why this is why I like talking to you man like you you can, and I feel like I'm in a similar boat where you can appreciate and see both sides of the argument yeah. right like you don't. I can even understand the extremist side of it and the other side of it. Not that I agree with it, mm-hmm. you know, but like it's it's always nice to like have a decent conversation with someone that isn't trying to shove. We need guns, you know, <laughs> or like fuck guns. And it's just kind of like, yo, man, like there's this there seems to be no in between. And some people want higher regulations and, you know, like or they're sick in the head or whatever, which are, you know, I don't think anyone argues against that. Yeah, and, and and a big part of it too, and uh, and yeah, is so so uh, again. I will qualify this with not an expert, but um, I don't think you have to be an expert to understand that the the NRA has just a, a stranglehold on 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 the on the you know politicians, particularly the nuts and device type thing. Absolutely, and so like there's you know if. There's, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm certain without ever having had this conversation with anybody, I am certain if you talk to a particular, in, in any given politician who, um, who either votes for or, or basically aligns their, 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 their stuff with the NRA, if you talk to them privately and there was no microphones <laughs> and, and they had absolute assurance that your conversation would never get out they would tell you like they know some of the shit that they're supporting isn't cool <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like it's an old guy telling you yeah man that's not cool <laughs> but it's also like you know if uh, I, I think a lot of a lot of politicians like they're looking at their political career and they're and, and they understand that the nra has just a stranglehold on a lot of shit that happens in in politics and that if the nra decides that you are not in their best interest they can throw a lot of money and influence to make sure that you, you know, lose whatever elected seat you have and you never get in there again. And so, and so, you know, so, so maybe that, that guy or gal plays along and, and votes for this or at the very least doesn't come out with strong words against it just to stay off the, the NRA radar. And so it's like the only, not the only choice, but you know, like you have to, like, let's say if, um, like so, just as an example, Barack Obama. Well, he, he was he was definitely like the NRA was was uh, at the, at the very least right politically in terms of whatever. Um, well, he's a Democrat. Yeah, yeah like, that's that's already like, like strike one. Pretty that's much. <laughs> that's pretty much. And then he's black, so that's strike two. <laughs> and because like when he got elected, like there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, whether it was propaganda or not, there was just a lot of fear that okay now that now that Barack Obama has been elected. He's gonna take your guns away, and so then you can look oh, at the you, you can look at the numbers. After he got elected, gun sales went through the Fuck roof, yeah. and so then it's like, okay, that's probably you know. And then well, they he, went even higher after the Sandy Hook thing. 
and now they're going up again mm-hmm. because people are scared that some shit's gonna go down. And and so and so so before so like when when Trump got elected, the irony is that you know he was he was a person who he very much aligned himself with the NRA and and support of you know uh, Second Amendment gun rights. Gun sales went down. So so the irony, of course, is you know like it, 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 benefit. It, it's counterintuitive, right? The idea yeah. is like you know. Oh, there, there's one guy that's in the and and that's president, who's going to take your guns away, and it almost becomes like this infomercial. And then if you if you're in the gun industry, you know, you pump them out. business is booming. And then when you get somebody in office who's you know uh, more and more in favor of just deregulating you know gun laws, the sales drop. And and you know whatever, like make of that what you will. I don't even know if I have a point to make so much. It's just that. It's, it's ironic. All this information is just very, very, very interesting, and you know, it, and you know, maybe w- whatever. So, um, so, so yeah. So, figure if you're if you're a politician, and, and you know, your 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 career is based on, um, uh, you know, the American people, like not not even that. Well, that too, right? But <laughs> but like if, if your career is literally based on people electing you in office, like in order to keep your job. People have to, you know, vote to to keep you there. Yeah, give you money too. And if there's a power in place that could influence those people to, to keep you from getting that job, you can you can start to see how shit gets gets muddy. Of like, all right, I, maybe I don't entirely believe this shit, but yeah. I would like to keep this elected position. So either let me just keep my mouth shut on something that maybe I believe strongly in, or or um, or just you know align with them to kind of stay safe. Or like, actually, this was the point that I think I was originally going to make. Or if you're a politician like Barack Obama, where you have overwhelming responsibility, or overwhelming popularity, then in terms of say political capital, you can afford to to not to not align yourself with say the NRA, or you can afford to at the very least have a conversation about you know uh, gun regulations because even that, like if if you're a politician, the second that you even just float the idea of maybe regulating some you know bringing in some gun laws then then you know historically the the NRA will just bring hell hell on your head. Yeah. So so you know, if you're popular if if you have overwhelming popularity like Barack Obama then you're you have a certain level of um safety you know like that popularity gives you the opportunity to talk about something because you know that you know you're ultimately not going to get brought down by by you know say in this case the the NRA but most politicians don't have that luxury of that overwhelming, you know, popularity, and then ultimately, and and truthfully, the, the reality is too. You could probably have this conversation with the, it, not not just guns, with any any major issue. Big pharma. There's there's just, yeah there's yeah. you know w- yeah just name your issue: guns, you know, drugs, uh, healthcare, women's <laughs> women's health. You know, it's it, you know that's bad. Though. There's huge there's huge organizations that can that can influence. Uh, what a politician says, or what a politician doesn't say, or if you want to, and then then it becomes like, okay, well maybe maybe it's more important to me to to stand up for this thing and not worry about whether or not I get I get elected. But then, and 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 yeah, you know, if somebody makes that decision, and, and again, whatever side of whatever issue, that's cool. But but how sad is it? That there's a woman's health issue. Why to, why like it's. it's Go ahead. I, I don't get it. Like it's, <laughs> I'm really like dumbfounded for words. Like I never really understood why a woman couldn't just—it's her health. Oh, why I see the what fuck you mean. is the government involved in like whether or not 
she should <laughs> be able to do the things with her body that she wants. But then again, that just again, it becomes muddled. Like you said, it becomes muddy really fast. It really does. It really does. And 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 you know, and, and it's also again like just whatever it is, you know, women's uh, you know women's health rights, guns, uh, you know, drugs, you know, pharmaceutical pharmaceutical drugs, or even just any drugs, you know, be it uh, marijuana, medical marijuana, or just anything at all. Um, it, those conversations, at least as far as, as far as say the, the the national conversation goes, far too often it comes down to having you know an extreme view on one side, an extreme view on the other, which are really only designed to have just a very combative conversation, but nothing, nothing useful is gonna, nothing useful is gonna come out of that. I think and, it was you that told me that that's the way it's designed, though, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I think we, that's kind of how they. I think we did have that conversation. Yeah, before, like, yeah. like, or you know, I don't want to. I'm not sure you want to talk about it, but like it was just kind of like. <laughs> well, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Keep but, you butting heads, right? Yeah, like I mean, you know, the the idea, and and I, I'll preface this by saying, this is not uh, like a, this is by no means a matter of fact, but you know, whatever. You just start looking around and putting things together. It just starts to make sense that like, if you. If you have a conversation with, again, we we can even for right now isolate it to guns. Um, uh, out, outside of a tragedy like what happened in Las Vegas on October first, because you know when when something like this happens, then you know you're going to get a lot of people with really really passionate feelings about guns. But um, if you take it any other day of the year when there's no there, there's no national um, you know crisis happening. If you have a conversation with a lot of people, again, and, and I think the numbers bear out on this, you know, Democrat, Republican, gun owner, non-gun owner, um, everybody, every responsible, I don't, what, I don't, I won't even qualify like that. I'll just go by the numbers. The majority of people are in favor of just having some gun, some sort of gun regulation. Just to help, just to help people, you know, help keep people responsible and safe. That you know, we're gonna have guns. That they're, they're they're part of the culture. They're part of the country. Let's just make it as safe and responsible as we can. Like the majority of people are in favor of that. Um, and then if if you have that conversation about anything, about about you know, like if you if you talk to people about uh, you know healthcare, it's like, are are you in favor of of all Americans having access to affordable healthcare? Like most people are going to be like, yeah, I totally want everybody to have access to affordable health care. You know, whatever the conversation is, if you're having just a reasonable conversation where it's where you're not bringing in extremist views on one side or the other, just, just talking to reasonable people. If you have enough of those conversations with enough people, you know, you'll come to find that the majority of people in America want the same things. Like just, you know, the majority of people in America, they want good schools and good affordable health care. And and they want you know honest politicians, and they they want their kids to grow up healthy. Like they, we we all want the same thing. No, you know, and and you know if 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 everybody realized that really we we all want the same things, maybe to different degrees, maybe different you know nuanced versions of it, but ultimately, you know, you know, uh, clean streets, safe schools, good schools, good hospitals. Uh, libraries with you know nice books whatever we all these are all things that nobody's going to argue about this shit and if everybody realizes that we kind of want the same thing you know why don't we come together and actually start you know working towards getting those things 
And if, if you're if you're part of a, a very, very small group of, you know, powerful people at, at the top, then, you know, the, the, the thing that the, your power is only ever going to be in danger if the majority of people, you know, realize that they have a common interest. So then the way to keep to, to keep people from realizing that they actually have common interests is to separate them, to draw a line between them and call them Democrats and Republicans and saying, you love guns and you hate guns and you love babies and you hate babies and you love women and you hate ba- you hate women and drawing these, you know, line the artificial lines in the sand and then all of and, and because as people, it, it's 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 just in our DNA that we're we're very tribal. We we like to pick our teams and even if we don't realize it we you know, we pick our team and that's our team. And if you're not our if you're not on our team then fuck you. You're not on our team. And that you know, that so if, if people are constantly fighting about shit that really they might actually agree on if they settled down then you know whatever maybe more shit would actually get done but it's very visceral uh, yeah yeah and so it's by and when i say by design i don't know who designed it but just <laughs> some somebody who some somebody more powerful and with bigger influence than you and i have who you know but it makes sense though like what you're yeah. saying isn't like a conspiracy theory or or any of that shit i think that it's very grounded you know mm-hmm. there's there's a time in a you know you're right. Like, there's this... I didn't even think about it like that because it, it is true. Like, but again, I wasn't... I don't know. I guess I'm just not like that. If someone doesn't agree with me, I just respect their views, you know? But again, I come across so many people that are like, if you're not with me, then you're against me. It's like, why does it have to be like that? Yeah. Like, there are so many other things we could agree <laughs> on. Like, you don't like this show, so fuck me? Okay. Like, we... But what about real life? <laughs> I like Game of Thrones. <laughs> and, and it's funny because, like, I remember so... Okay, so particularly when I was uh, a little bit younger, like say, certainly in my twenties, and I think there's, you know, and it's, uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, you know, like when you're in your twenties, especially when you're a young adult, right? It's, you, I think it's when you first, if you're going to become politically aware at all, it often happens in in your young adulthood, young early twenties, you become aware of certain, you know, things that maybe as a kid, it would it would have meant nothing to you, like you'd rather go watch cartoons, but as a young adult, you become aware of whatever it is guns you know uh, uh women rights uh, civil rights whatever you're just now aware of this shit and then you're, you're you're young you're passionate it's new and you have really really strong feelings about shit and so then you know maybe go on you know go on whatever facebook or twitter and you're and you're like you're 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 ready for an argument like your teeth are bare and you're ready to like fucking dig in and you know like you fucking don't agree with me boy you're a fucking asshole and let me tell you why or whatever it looks like you're like ready for that shit and you get a little bit older, you know, get into your thirties, forties, and you still feel you still feel passionately about stuff. But uh, at, at the very least, for me, and, and I guess in a way, I'm sort of talking about myself. Like in my twenties, I, I I have very clear feelings about being passionate about shit. <laughs> I can't imagine you being aggressively <laughs> like I mean, towards yeah. someone like fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I'm sure I never, I'm sure, I'm sure that part never came out. But you know, like I would have very strong feelings about shit. And if you didn't agree, then it was like in my head, like. Then you're sick in the head. What's your yeah? You there's something wrong with you. You don't agree <laughs> with the shit that I feel, feel strongly about, and like you know, as I get older, you know, like this in you know December I'll be forty, and and I and I see things more clearly, and I'm sure twenty years from now I'll see them even more clearly. Which is like it's it's not only is it not only is it okay for somebody to have a different point of view than me, it's really important. It's really important for people to have different points of view and to have different opinions, to have different feelings about things. Um, and cause that allows really important conversation to happen as long as you're willing to let those conversations happen. And then you gotta be open to them though, right? That's, that's the other half. It's like, I have so many conversations where 
I know the person is just going to reiterate this. Like, they're just not listening. They're not listening to what I'm saying. And it's like, why would you want to have this conversation if you're just, like, not going to hear me out, man? Like, if you, like, they just come back at you, they don't reference anything you just said. Mm -hmm. You know, they just come back with their bullshit the same way over. And I feel like we've had a lot of experience (laughs) with that. And it's just kind of like, you got to be willing to have that empathy, Mm -hmm. right? And really, like, open your mind to having that ability to see it that way. Mm -hmm. And have, you know, if you, shit, you might see (laughs) that you might like, you might agree with something, you know? And there's a a lot of middle ground to be had. Oh, absolutely. And, And so, you know, kind of getting back to what, started this conversation again which was which is this just horrible horrible tragedy in in las vegas um with this uh with the with the shooter and and you know like i so on the one hand i don't have his name memorized but on the other hand even uh padlock yeah yeah whatever the fuck his name is it's like the the part of what um the the uh there, there was a certain anxiety, I think, especially in the days following the shooting. Yeah. Like, like the night of, there, I was very angry. There, there was definitely an anxiety of like, what, like, like, why did this happen? And and uh, that's not I'm an, still uh, like that question still out there. And the, yeah, and, and so that's the point I was going to make too. Is like, so there's a certain level of anxiety that we, as far as the national conversation goes, we can't place this guy in a box. And I think that makes people really uncomfortable. I want to talk about that for like a couple <laughs> minutes, not long. But just, it kind of tells you a lot about society. And uh, on Tuesday, my day's blurred in. So either like on Tuesday or Monday or one of those days, I was super pissed. I was like, I was sad and angry. And I was just like, we're in a time where like, not to say that cops' jobs are easy, but in a time where it's easier, where there's social media and there's other shit, this guy was fucking off the grid. Yeah. Right? The only, he was above water. And a lot of people won't say it, but the guy was smart when it came to money yeah right he was he was well off mm-hmm. he wasn't didn't have a criminal record and i'm not admiring him by any fucking means i'm just saying like people are very frustrated at the fact that they can't seem to find a reason for it and like i understand it but it's not gonna bring any more closure because he yeah. wasn't targeting anyone mm-hmm. you know like it was as senseless as it was now do i want to know yeah sure everyone wants to fucking know why he did it you know, but I don't know if we're ever really going to find out. His girlfriend doesn't know why. Yeah. You know, he was 62. He was a, a millionaire from what I understood. Mm-hmm. I've read the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and just, I don't know, man. I felt pretty pissed off at the way it was socially being handled in terms of, like, a lot of people that uh, I've known to call this city shit. And all of a sudden, they're all like, I love Las Vegas. It's like, motherfucker, no, you don't. I know you. <laughs> You know, like, it's like, I, I I was, it's just like, and it's like this social trend where it's kind of like, it becomes trendy, and they're doing it for the likes, and they do, you'll see my Instagram and my fucking Facebook, I didn't post jack shit, mm-hmm. I didn't say anything, I didn't fuck, I stayed ready, you know, I was doing stuff downtown, or whatever, but like, I, I just, I, it, I had nothing good to say, you mm-hmm. know, I wrote this really visceral post out, and sat on it for a day woke up and i'm like you know what i'm not gonna call anyone i'm gonna shut the fuck up this pray for vegas vegas strong man we're battle born we're not vegas strong the fuck is that so like it's just (laughs) you're gonna i just never mind it's just gonna get into like a place where i don't like like all these people like it's just this trendy shit that i just don't appreciate it's like you're you don't care first of all there are other people that don't even live here you know like it's like i forgot how i met you bitch like but <laughs> i don't know I, man. I i i i so i 
completely understand where you're coming from, and I think there's there's definitely a level of. Uh, I mean, any of you irk you though? Like, you know, it, I know that you feel it. Like, I know you. You live here. You have every right to feel as upset as you know. Mm-hmm. I can tell. I can look at you and know that hey, this Martin feels this shit, mm-hmm. right? But you posted some real facts. You didn't post some corny. I mean, as far as I could tell, at least I'm not sure if you did. But, but. <laughs> I didn't. You're, you're not wrong. And and I I, I sort of have. I mean. It, for me, it's not even specifically about Vegas, but I'm just sort of I, it, I, I, I don't begrudge anybody for for expressing strong feelings on on social media. Um, I've just I've just never I've just never enjoyed doing that. Really about uh, really about anything, and if I and generally I feel like that speaks to your character though. I I, I, I sincerely do because like I, you know I was looking through my feed and I was just like these people like they just they're saying something for the sake of saying it. You're posting something that's I'm sure we already know. We we all got the same notification, bitch. You're not helping no one. You know, like it was just kinda like, yeah. No all of all my friends, you're the only one that posted about the gun shit. The shit that really matters. You know, like it's kinda like you saying that none of this shit would have mattered. All you motherfuckers talking about gun laws. Do you even know them? Mm-hmm. Like, it, I don't know, man. They just rubbed me in a real bad fucking way. And even even that thing that I posted that I was reading that from earlier when I was reading the, about the Nevada, you know, gun laws. It, like even that, there was nothing inflammatory about it. It was just sort of matter of it's fact. Fat. These are the, but even that, even that, like I, I, I probably like thought about that for like <laughs> a, a day or so of like, do I even is that because well part of it was it's not that it's not that I didn't think these things were useful to know, but there was even the part of me that's like, do I even want to with do I even want this to be misconstrued as me making a, a political statement as opposed to just sharing information that I felt was relevant to this thing. And ultimately the decision for, for me, and there was no, whatever, there's no like committee, right? It's just fucking Facebook. But the decision I came to was just like, just post it. And I very purposefully, I, I made no comment about it. I made no, I, I let, didn't leave a hashtag. It was just whatever. It's just a thing that I, you know, like I read it and this was, I, I was like, fuck, I didn't know that. This is, that, that, that this feels useful to know. I'll just share this and people will kind of, uh, they'll, they'll make of it what they will. But um, so, but like to the point you were making earlier, and, and even on your case, again, because like I, I know where you're coming from in terms of, um, partly because we've talked about your, your very strong allegiance to Las Vegas, because because <laughs> you're you're one of a small number of people who was literally born here and raised here, and so I can completely understand that sentiment of you know not only were you born and raised here, but you know the truth is, a lot of people do talk shit about Las Vegas. I'm sure you've heard it, right? I don't know what there's there's people in my family <laughs> listening right now who know who they are, who talk shit about Las Vegas. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, but so, so then I, I can, I can understand the feeling of, you know, when someone suddenly posts like, you know, people are posting. So, so I, so I, well, so I know where you're coming from, but I, but for me, I'm like, you know what, whatever, 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 whatever needed to happen to, to bring the, the positive vibes. I'm, I, I'll, I'll welcome them with open arms. Not to say that I don't know where you're coming from because there's a certain level of like, you know. Some of them feel false. Like because where, I feel like they have to take a picture every time. I was at the blood bank, dude. And like people were just snapping away. It's like, yo, like, do you really need to do that? Right. Like, like, do you really need to take a picture? Like, I was even down there. You didn't take a picture of that corpse. Do you really need to do, like, yo, like, I, it's just like, I don't know if I was just raised differently. It's like, my, my parents taught me to have respect, mm-hmm. you know, whether, like, and it doesn't, I feel like just common sense is going away. 
and like the social media thing is just like I sound like a fucking old man, but like <laughs> it's just fucking shit up, man, to like a degree. And it's like, no, man, I, I don't have any pictures of shit. I was too busy doing shit, making sure you know that not too much blood got on the seat <laughs> of my car. You know, like, it, and it just kind of fucks with me sometimes. Yeah. Like, it just kind of makes me sad and angry. Like, after I'm angry, I get super fucking sad because it's kind of like, what, what's next? Like, is this really the way we're going? Like, are people so pissed off that this guy was off the grid? Like, you know, we don't even know me. That, that's actually, too, so something else. And, and you and I talked about this previously on the podcast. I mean, of course, it was a different context because who, who, no, who could have even seen this tragedy coming but we did have a conversation about the level of security on the las vegas strip and that it's yeah. like it's you know i mean they're, they're this probably as secure as fucking fort knox yeah and so so that was one of the first things that crossed my mind is of like like this like vegas is in large part because i mean there's a lot of people there's a lot of money it's the fucking heartbeat of the nevada's economy they have every reason to protect this place. Eighty percent, so ninety percent of the time. So, so for so for this for so for this guy, this maniac, to actually maneuver through that security, like that's not that's not a small thing for for somebody to actually figure that shit out. And and uh, and and you know whether or not that raises more questions, it's still. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I have a point to make well, except for people the fact are like, that, "How do you smuggle the guns?" And it's like, "Well, they you can take them apart. Like yeah. I can I can quite literally fit." three or four rifles in a duffel bag right now, if you kept going back and forth, mm-hmm. like, that wouldn't be the hardest thing to fucking do, you know? Yeah, and, and the other thing, and, I, and you know, I don't, I, you know, you know, what do I know? It's not like I'm, I'm not in any sort of, like, security meetings in Vegas, but <laughs> my gut feeling is that as, not that it should have to come to a tragedy like this, but for as strongly secured as the Las Vegas Strip is, you can almost... You could you could almost bet that this will likely never happen again in Las Vegas. No. Like like it's just sort of like you know for as secure as Las Vegas is, one maniac got through. They'll fucking make sure it never happens again. Yeah, I mean just to give some context, and I know I've said it. The FBI came to the area. I mean shit, I'm not. Yeah, whatever. The FBI came to the area to check out their security systems for their own. You know, and just for some quick info. Every, the suite started 32nd floor. Mm-hmm. So every, most casinos, if not all, the 32nd floor is where all the fancy suites start. The dude had a 180-degree view because he had west and east. So I don't know. Do what you want with that. I don't know what that's good for, but I guess. I mean, that you can bet, you can believe that it's just they're going to learn from this. Yeah, they'll, the they'll, they'll, they'll learn. And, and, you know, I mean. And maybe, I guess, I don't know, like, uh, the, so, uh, my my mind right this second is going to, you know, 9-11. And after 9-11, yeah. there was certain, uh, there was a lot of, um, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to over-dramatize and just outright say there was a lot of freedoms lost, but there was a lot of, say, there were certain compromises with our freedom, both, let's say, like, going to the airport is a lot more complicated today than it was on September 10th. Uh, you know, 2001, there's, um, even, you know, like the, the, you know, the Patriot Act, there's yeah. certain, like one thing, I, I don't know if this is still the case and, and, you know, I, I feel like I've been doing this the whole show, but I really want to make sure that people know where I'm coming from. I am not an expert on virtually any of the shit Carrie and I are talking about. But... I am. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> 
but uh, I certainly know that at the, that there was a time, and maybe it still exists. I really don't know, but like with the the Patriot Act, that um, in, in terms of the, uh, the 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 federal government's uh, ability to you know keep people safe from uh, from 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 terrorism, is they th- through the through through the, the the laws that were passed with the Patriot Act. Um, the uh, I don't I don't know if it was a particular part I don't know if it was the CIA or FBI or if it NSA was, where they could they could come literally physically come into your home while you weren't there and they didn't need a warrant they didn't need to let you know and it was it's entirely possible that you know some agency could come into your house check things out and leave. leave and you'll come and you'll never ever know that they were there and like stuff like that was was coming out after you know nine eleven so and so uh, this is a much well, not. I don't want. Certainly, I, I. I don't want to reduce this at all. But you know, in, in scope of like nine eleven, it's a. It's it's a smaller scale, but it's still hor- horribly tragic. So I can only imagine that, just not even being in Las Vegas. Las Vegas innovates. Yeah. Like Las, I. I can't. I could literally right now, if I thought about it, I could write you a list of technology that casinos have innovated, that we use today for security reasons or otherwise. Like the whole, they can tell you when you're counting cards by looking at your fucking face, face mm-hmm. recognition. I mean, that was in a movie for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, I think it was that one Kevin Spacey. Oh, but yeah, yeah. but like, they'll innovate some way to fight, to keep this from happening and not and all the me all the while not inconveniencing you. We're in the hospitality business. Yeah, it's if they have to go through an airport like thing, they're not gonna do it. No one would ever come. Yeah, you know. So like, they will innovate something. They will invent something. They'll put the money behind it. To make sure that you're safe, and when you walk through the doors, they don't know if you have a gun. You know, gee, you know, even at the airport now they just pump air to know if you have some shit on you or not. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can see something like that happening where you just walk through and it's just as easy as that. But we will, it, it's gonna change. Yeah. You know, as far as how much of it inconveniences you, probably not much. You probably won't even notice. To mm-hmm. be quite honest, but. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, because I'm, I'm it's like my. Uh, my parents are coming to visit this weekend, and they were they were already coming to visit. Like that's been in the that's been in the works for the last couple of months. And part you know part of their visit is you know we're going down to to the strip because uh, you know the Lakers are playing, and we we love the the Lakers. It's a preseason game. I saw that picture you so, <laughs> we talked them in a summer league game. So you know, so we've had our we've had our tickets to this Laker game for you know who's, several months who's now. Who's playing against? Uh, they are playing the Sacramento Kings. It's a preseason game at the T-Mobile Arena, and you know, we might get the Kings. What's up? They might become a Vegas team. Oh, really? Not the Lakers, the Kings. Oh. That's what they're here. The casino guys. Oh, the yeah, yeah. The, 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 yeah. Maloof, the, the Maloof brothers who used to own them. They don't own them anymore. But that'd be cool. I'd love a basketball team in Vegas. But Fucking so Kingsville. And so, like, there was... Uh, so even so, like, so we're going... To, so, again, we're going to the Strip uh, on, on Sunday. So it'll be it'll be a, a week to the day of the of the, of the the shooting. And it's and it's not even... I, I don't say this to, to make believe that I'm, like, uh, just like, like Batman or something... But I think I think because I do have so much faith in Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Strip and the security on the Strip and their overall the overall goal of people keeping people safe, there's honestly like no part of me that is nervous to go to the Strip on Sunday. And I and you know fuck it maybe maybe I'm being naive, but I really yeah. feel like that you know we'll you know we'll be you know safer. Well, you are, and what happened. At Route 91 Festival was an anomaly. Yeah. First of all, like I know it's been there before, but I didn't realize <laughs> that it was there, like in that part of the city. Mm-hmm. Like Me I always thought, like 
it was it's kind of a random ass spot like i've been here my whole life i've never known anything to take place in that lot mm-hmm. you know across from the airport especially because shit's going over your head all day yeah i mean we you see it every day but like i said it was just an anomaly i i'm sure there's been a lot of takedowns that we don't even know about man mm-hmm. you know and it's just like that's how good it is that's that's how you know security is working is if you don't know about it never knew it was there yeah then it's you know i mean uh you know we have a, a a mutual friend who just for the purpose of this i won't mention the name just because you know whatever they, they don't necessarily know i'm sure what their business out there but uh, we have a mutual friend who lives near the strip and on the uh, the night of the shooting they couldn't even get back to their apartment because security was blocking shit down and um goes unlocked and, that and then uh, and then even even just to get into their apartment and leave their apartment like the day after like they had to prove with like paperwork that they lived there and so and and that was and and you know and that was a person that was just 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 going about their day so like that level of making sure that everything is safe and secure like uh and that's and that's 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 near this trip that's not even on this trip so like so say again my parents visiting you know i it's not even i don't i don't feel like we're testing fate by going and living our life and you know going down to the strip uh to watch uh watch the lakers so so i'll tell you what i mean honestly truthfully we could i'm sure i'm sure we could keep talking about this forever but for the purposes of time and also just just wrapping up because you know i mean usually i mean i mean you, you you're going to be back on the show and, and oh, whenever, yeah. whenever you're on the show it, it's always for the purpose of, of having a laugh and that's you know but this was this a was somber one it, it was somber and i particularly because it's your hometown it's my adopted town it's your hometown too now <laughs> i i i mean i can see dude i can see how you feel it like and it's you know, you've you've always had love for this place, you know, and that's the thing. Like that's the truth. Since so. I was a kid, I have, and so this, I, you know, it, it's it's not that this podcast is uh, is is doing any sort of a public service, but I did feel compelled to to do this with you. It felt it felt uh, like a good thing to do. If, if if for no if for no other reason than for you and I just just to talk shit through, yeah. because this is kind of a heavy, sad thing that's sort of that's kind of a uh, hanging over the city right now. So. Uh, we will we will go ahead and wrap things up uh, next time. Next time you're on the show, uh, I can only I can only hope it will it will be under much better circumstances, and there will be uh, some laughs had, and it won't have to be uh, nearly as uh, as heavy a topic. Yeah. Um. Uh. And uh, I want to thank you guys for listening, particularly uh, if if you're if if you if you live in Las Vegas and you're sort of experiencing the same things that. Either, either Gary and I did. You know, in my case, it was very peripheral. Uh, in Gary's case, he was he was on the strip. Uh, you know, very nobly helping people out. If you were somebody who was at the festival, if you know somebody was hurt, if you were hurt yourself, or, or if you know somebody who 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 tragically did not make it out alive out of that festival, uh, just uh, you know, for 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 whatever whatever my my thoughts and words are worth, and I, I'm sure Gary shares this, yeah. shares the same sentiment. Um, just uh, are, are in, in the most sincere and, and, and you know to me not a trendy way. Yeah, please possible. don't pander. Don't just, don't do that shit. Just you Stop. know, our, our our thoughts are absolutely with with all of you, and this is uh, um, uh, it, it's it, it's been I I see I, I don't even have anything I don't know what to say except that um, you feel it. You I, know? I, I I certainly feel it. My thoughts are with with everybody who was affected in one way or another. 
Uh, and, and, you know, I, I guess, I guess if, uh, you know, my, my hope would be that, uh, you know, Gary and I sitting down and just having a chat about this, if it in any way did any good for anybody who was affected, then, then, you know, that's, that's about all I could hope for. Yeah. And give your time and give, you know, your effort. Don't fucking give us your pictures <laughs> or your, you know, or none of that shit. Like, I know what you mean. No one cares for that shit. You know, like those other people will care. If you give your time and effort towards the cause, man, you don't have to fucking do it for the likes. Do it for the love of your city where you live and for your pride. Don't be fucking doing it for no likes or for the sake of posting it on Facebook. Guess what? No one gives a fuck because everyone's going to forget about it in a couple days anyway. So do it for yourself and, you know, for the memory that you have that you fucking did it for your city. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and honestly, as we, again, as we wrap up, I think to that point as, say, you know, uh, as, as the story dies down, as it will, because that's just sort of how you know the, life the cycle of news and life goes. Um, uh, Las Vegas and the people here and the people still affect and the people who are still doing their part to help, like they'll still be around and 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 certainly they'll they'll be doing it for for all of the right reasons. So 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 that'll do it. Um, I want to thank my friend Gary for <laughs> for coming by and, and having this chat with me. That'll bore. <laughs> <laughs> And until next time, I will see you on the other side. Vegas, I love you.